Welcome back to the Pool Chasers podcast. And today we have Megan Kendrick with us. How are you, Megan? I'm doing good. We're back. Back at it. Back at it. It's March. Uh, is it getting any warmer where you're at? Um, yes, but unfortunately that means that we've already had our first wave of tornadoes. Um, so that's not great. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, it's a little early for there to be tornadoes. So that's I don't know if that's I don't know if that's gonna be good or bad for, for the season. But yeah, they had we had a few hit Norman, not us fortunately, but um definitely helping some friends clean up their uh their places without roofs. So it's the beginning of March when we're recording this. The March April issue is just about out. You have uh, the digital issue that people can go online to your website. They can go to poolpromagazine.com, uh, right? Poolpromag.com. Poolpromagazine was not available and also is very long to type. <laughs> it's because I bought it. I'll sell it to you for a real uh, cheap price. Yeah, yeah, like, like a million dollars. That's usually what people <laughs> who own domains want. <laughs> exactly. And you have the physical um, issue that people can pick up from SCP, Superior, all that good stuff. So far, what has been the feedback on it? It's been fun because I think... You know, we talked a little bit about it last time, and I was definitely nervous about how it was going to go. Um, but fortunately, feedback has been good. Um, I always get myself worked up, usually for no reason. <laughs> it's still a little early because, I mean, honestly, today is our official launch day, even though things have kind of been floating out there for a while. So over the next over the next five to 10 days, we'll, we'll really get a good feel for what people think. But, um, but yeah, so far the feedback has been really good. And, um, you know, people are always excited to see themselves in the magazine. And so I've been getting a lot of comments from people that we talked to and interviewed and, um, photographed about, you know, how excited they are about it. So that's really fun. So on the cover, we've got um, some people from Biolab and like Todd from Aquastar, and they're kind of in front of this like chlorine symbol, right? Um, and so originally we had thought we'd put a bunch of different people on the inside of the cover, uh, inside too, on the spread that introduces that story that's like, um, yeah, just a bunch of different people around the word chlorine. Um, <laughs> but once we did that, it was it just didn't make sense because some of these people didn't really have anything to do with the manufacture of chlorine. <laughs> and I was like, I think this is a stretch. I'm not really sure. Like we haven't interviewed these people for this story. Like this I don't I don't think anyone's gonna make this connection. So we just uh we just scrapped that and went with some icons instead. How was it received um from the actual chlorine manufacturers? You were talking about the old one burning down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then building a new facility. I'm assuming you had to share that article with them prior. Yeah, we definitely did a fact check with them, um, but not so much because we were worried about talking about that, mostly just worried that I would screw up um, the technical aspects of the things we talked about. And that was, and that, and those were the changes that they had for us was, you know, this isn't the correct word. <laughs> Right. So, um, so actually, both Biolab and Hasa were really great and really transparent, and didn't really dictate what went in the article. I mean, I think it helped too that it was just really a this is what happened, and this is how it works, and this is how it's supposed to work, and this is what how we had to make things work during the pandemic. Um, 
So yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't too sensitive, I think, of information. <laughs> when it's all said and done, there are always changes I wish we could have made or more that we could have we could have added or um you know, just more details that could have been included, but you know, at the at the end of the day, I mean, you have a deadline, right? And sometimes you have to say, "All right, it is what it is. We're going to send it." But I but that being said, I think that for this one in particular, I, I felt like it turned out it turned out good for a story about how chlorine is made. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, is that difficult for the team? I mean, that's pretty much everyone's job is to kind of switch gears every month. I'm sure people are writing about different topics in the same day. They're jumping from project to project. It can be. You definitely have to be very organized, I think, to stay on top of doing this kind of a job. Um, it's kind of interesting because I have realized that um, what we really need more so than like really talented journalists on our team are, are really talented project managers. <laughs> we actually just uh, made a change and brought on someone new who that is definitely their their strength. They're a good writer. They are an amazing project manager. Um, and so that's, that's really great. The other thing that makes it difficult um, for writing about the pool industry in particular is that we try really hard to front load a lot of our writing that, so that we're doing it in the fall and winter because I hate trying to get pool guys on the phone from May through August. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a nightmare. And so um, for stories that aren't super timely and that can be written kind of at any time during the year, we try to do as much of the writing as we can uh, before it hits the season and everybody gets crazy busy and disappears. So so that makes it a little bit harder, too, because we've sort of um, given ourselves our own our own time crunch. And once you get off that schedule, which you inevitably do because things happen, it can get it can get pretty tough to catch up. If you don't mind me asking, what type of project management software do you use to keep organized? Um, we use we use Monday dot com. Um, awesome. We had used we had used Project Place. Um, which we weren't very happy with, and we made the switch to Monday a couple of years ago, and it's it's really great. It's simple to use. It's easy to add people. For us, we've got people who are on staff, and then we have like writers who aren't, or we have copy editors who will work on things per project. Um, and so the nice thing about Monday is it just makes it really easy to organize that for them, so that they can see really quickly like what tasks. They are assigned to and they need to get done without having to dig through a bunch of stuff and emails and everything like they just you know can pull it up click on what they need to do do it and be done it's really good for accountability if stuff's mm -hmm. in there and it's assigned to you or to somebody else and you could just be accountable because these are the things that have to get done i'm sure they all have deadlines on you know each one of those yes yeah. yeah. Do you get? Do you guys use that too, or have you used it? <laughs> I've used so many, but Monday has probably been the one that's been most consistent in my life. I used it back mm -hmm. when it was called the Pulse, a long time oh, ago. It was like it's you, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was every once in a while you'll still find some like Pulse uh, terminology in there if you're if you're digging through like the back end of trying to make something, uh, trying to make Monday talk to another program. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's. I didn't understand why the hell they called it the pulse in the beginning. And then they switched it over to Monday. I'm like, what the hell? But yeah. you know, it, it works. Um, the other one that I like too is notion 
that's not necessarily for everybody, but definitely looks a lot cooler. But Monday is in this area too, where you can make it as complicated mm -hmm. as you want. There's tons of uh, automation um, yeah, features. Yeah, we actually use we actually use Monday to manage our entire thirty under forty. Um, mm contest because you know you can attach forms and so everyone's information gets pulled into monday where then our team can you know everyone gets assigned each person and we all go in and rank them and you know do all the things that we need to do so that's awesome um, yeah it's pretty it's pretty great and it, it pretty much talks to all the other programs that we use in our business and so there's probably a lot more that we could do with it but you know yeah. You can also like over automate your life a little bit too. <laughs> Hell, I'll tell you right now, you can definitely overdo it. Um, Are you the kind of person that like, I mean, do you look for an app kind of for everything? Because I find myself doing that where I'm like, okay, I need to figure out a way to make this faster or easier. And so I'm always looking for how, how can we do that? And I think I probably turn to software um, and apps and stuff maybe more than I should. And maybe expect more out of them than I should. <laughs> I learned probably maybe a couple of years ago that that's just not possible to have something do every little thing. Yeah. Um, probably now I'm looking for a company, you know, with a little more depth and weight that can actually just because it looks cool doesn't mean they have the bandwidth to actually keep up. That's and that true. was a big thing. Like I really liked Notion when it first came out but it was a small company and they didn't have as many servers as they needed to. So you'd yeah. get some drop off or the servers will be down or something like that. And Monday's a huge company and it's quick, it's reliable mm -hmm. and that's what you need. I mean, a lot of businesses rely on that. And I, yeah. I'll say the more, um, a lot of podcasts I've listened to lately, there are some like really big companies now like using Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so easy. Um, I think that's, I think that's the huge thing that everyone loves about it. Um, and the dashboard feature. I, I that's something mm, that I yeah. like as well is being like able to kind of pull that as, in. Yeah. I feel like I don't use that probably as much as I, as much as I should. Um, probably because we're like too behind all the time. <laughs> so it's, it's more like, you know, it's not so much the forward planning as I want it to be in more of the, what do I have to get done immediately? <laughs> Well, it's good for like bird's eye views. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. not that it has to be a super technical dashboard, but if you can kind of pull in the percentage of this project or where it's at and how many of these forms are completed. And I have like all the pool industry podcasts in there. So every time yeah. somebody puts out a new show, like it'll populate or oh, magazines, cool. different things like that. So it it's so smart that like there's something things like magazines, like I didn't uh, set it up that way, but it automatically refreshes when they change articles on their homepage. So interesting. I didn't even yeah. know it could do that. So I'm definitely going to be adding that <laughs> soon. <laughs> Very good. But you know, it's funny we're talking about someone that can't do it all. So we last year, um, or maybe it was the year before switched to HubSpot and I was super excited because it's like, like HubSpot is the Mac daddy of, you know, CRM, email marketing, all of that kind of stuff. And um, it's super expensive. Super. <laughs> super, super expensive. And so we started using it and, you know, we got through a year or however long that we used it. And I was just like, you know what? 
Like we are paying a ton of money for a million features that we're not using. And also there's all of these things that I sort of assumed and thought that it could do that. Guess what? It can't. So like, guess what? If you're doing social media, um, you, you can't post stories from, <laughs> from HubSpot. You can't post stories from pretty much anywhere except for, you know, using their own platform. And so I think I kind of had to give up the idea of having an all in one place where I can do all of that. So, you know, now instead of spending my money on HubSpot, I'm spending my money on digital consultants who can um, essentially do that, but they have to put the dashboards together for us. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, what do you use for, um, like, do you do auto publishing? No. For social? No, no, not yet. Um, we're looking at that with um, trying it in the next couple of months. So yeah, no, we use Hootsuite and um, we kind of write up a, a variety of different posts for each article. Um, then we have someone whose job it is to go on and get everything scheduled and then that gets edited and then you know it's it's a it's a process <laughs> yeah well those are so difficult because as uh social media changes mm -hmm. you know stuff on their back end it'll you know log you out or kick you out and things won't work so it's one of those things that you really have to babysit that was one thing that i hated yes. you know i've used uh, you know, later Hootsuite and all the other ones that you can think of. And it was like, why didn't this go out? And it's like, oh, there's a new like update on Instagram or yep. this and that. I'm like, shit, man, am I just supposed to keep this thing open all day uh, long? There's, there's so many moving parts. <laughs> it's very frustrating. Um, I, there are so many times where I'm like, it'll be, you know, the middle of the day. And I'm like, did our newsletter go out? Wait, did it not go out? Did it, did it, did it happen today or when it was supposed to or not? And it's always like, you know, like one step, one button that someone didn't push or mostly it's usually my fault because it got assigned to me and then I, you know, never actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're talking about this stuff, you know, um, we talked about this, you know, offline and that's, you know, writing tips, you know, mm -hmm. writing is a huge part of our life. If you are a good copywriter, I mean, you'll always have a job because, you know, you can write blog articles, you can write copy um, for job listings. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on, even social media captions for mm -hmm. say, you know, stories or a post or a Twitter tweet, um, any one of those things. And it's kind of one of those things where it can, you know, make or break, you know, how well some of your uh, stuff does. So let's dive into that because that is what you do and that is your background. So what are uh, some tips on, you know, writing better? Well, so first of all, I would, I would not call myself a good copywriter. I would say I'm a decent journalist. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely a distinction. And fortunately there are people on my team who are good copywriters. Um, it's not, Def, it's not the same skill set. There's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of crossover. Um, but yeah, copywriting uh, is a lot quippier and punnier than <laughs> what I'm able to do. <laughs> um, you think they're more in tuned with like pop culture and because it seems like that's kind of like a thing these days where you kind of got to stay up on what's going on in culture to, you know, every once in a while you got to, you know, uh, you kind of have to like mirror what's going on in society to kind of make it yeah. relevant. 
there's there's definitely that element, but honestly, I think that the core of it, at least for me, is that when you are like journalists only care about facts. <laughs> <laughs> and copy editors like care about making something uh fun, right? And so I, I think there's there's a little bit of a clash there in mindset. Um, you know, and when you're a journalist, they which this is actually good writing in general, but they're like you try to say what you can say in as few words as possible. You know, like don't add any fluff. You're not adding a bunch of adjectives to make it sound fun. Like you are trying to deliver information. And so it's what's the quickest way that you that you can do that. Um, and so I think that's so ingrained that when it comes to some of the, the copywriting, where you want to add some fun things and throw in some adjectives and some puns and the, the pop culture stuff, that's really hard for my brain to do because I'm, it's just so ingrained in me to be like, you know, like, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> like you'd rather make a list of facts yeah, than a bunch yeah, of metaphors sure. and analogies. And... Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's pretty funny. You can tell the difference. Um, like when we hire writers, you can tell the difference between people who come from journalism and the people who come from um, like marketing or copywriting or like even kind of content writing. You can tell the difference immediately because is yeah, one wearing to... like a Snoopy shirt and the other one's wearing like a <laughs> SpaceX shirt or something. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, the journalists are all like on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how you can um, tell. Okay. Perfect. That's yeah. That's, that's the other thing. Journalists are usually drunk by the end of the day. Um, but yeah, no, you can tell pretty immediately because like the, the copywriters and the blog writers and content writers, like they're trying to kind of wrap it up and tie it into this like really pretty little bow, um, which is which is fine. And then the journalists are like, let me do this inverted pyramid where you get the most important facts at the top and by the bottom, it's like the least important information. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to like tied up into a bow it's just like this is what happened there you go that's all you need to know <laughs> so i'd say for you know pool professionals whether you're uh in the service part of the industry or building pools or plumbing electrical you probably need a little of both of those skills i mean yes. obviously you have a college degree you know in journalism but if um people are going to be you know wanting to take it to the next level you probably got to be good at, you know, collecting facts and then, you know, trying to, you know, condense that and making it as fun as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I do feel like the number one, I think, mistake I see when I look at people's websites or um, even social media posts to a certain extent is is just is being too wordy and like trying to, um, you know, really shooting for a, a word length <laughs> as opposed to like what's the core information. Um, you know, sometimes, well, honestly, sometimes even in some of the ads that we get from people, you'll take a look at it and you're like, this is too much text. Nobody is going to read this. Like you need to cut it down to what are the three most important things that you want someone to get out of this. Um, and I think that that is, that's not a function of like journalism or copy editing. That's a function of, of editing, right? Is, you know, always have somebody look over what you've done who can be honest with you and say, 
this is a lot. (laughs) Or say, I know what you're trying to say here and it's really cute, but it's actually confusing if you don't know that reference that only you and your 10 friends know. (laughs) You know, no inside jokes. Yeah. No, no inside jokes. Um, And so, yeah, it's really easy. um, You know, did I, I said this to someone the other day, I hope it wasn't on this podcast, but Hemingway has a quote that's, write drunk, edit sober. (laughs) And that's kind of the, I mean, me too. Like that's kind of the approach that you have to take is like to get that first draft out. Sometimes you just got to like, let it flow. And then you go back and you cut as much as possible and get it down to the bare bones of what you're trying to say. And then you can really kind of wordsmith every word if you want to. A lot of times you get down to the bare bones and that's really all you need. (laughs) So let me throw like a for instance at you and see if you can help me. Like I'll use maybe something that I will be doing and maybe you can, you know, tell me how you would approach it. So I take photos, I do video, do drone, do those different things. We've got, you know, say a plumbing project in Scottsdale or Paradise Valley. Um, I need to go there and pretty much tell the story of, you know, what happened there. If it were you doing that, like what, you know, what would you want to see and what, like, how would you uh, go about writing about that? And I'm giving you a difficult one because, you know, that's, you know, yeah, it's not like going to see, you know, a perfectly uh, built swimming pool. Because for the most case, that's not everybody's situation where Mm -hmm. they're writing about, you know, a complete swimming pool. Right. Um, So the very first question that um, you want to ask yourself, and honestly, the question that I ask my team, I mean, on a weekly basis is who is our audience for this? So who is your audience and what do they care about? And so it's funny because that was the that was kind of the number one thing drilled into our heads when I got my, you know, fancy master's degree in journalism um (laughs) no that is actually really good keep going (laughs) that's i mean that's all that matters right is who who is this for so are you putting this on a website where you're trying to get more consumer customers you know are you trying to um is this for the the end user of that pool or is this someone or is this for someone in the trade who's going to care about some of the details in why and how you do things and so I think that that's the very first question that you have to answer. And sometimes it's sometimes the answer is both. And so I was about to say, because what if it's, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just one. It could be somebody, you know, building their own pool. It can be other pool companies that we'd like to work with. It could be um, just people that like to geek out on swimming pool plumbing. Like it's. Yeah. And those are three completely different. Um, yeah, but I also niches. think you kind of, but I also think you kind of answered your own question because you're talking about people who want to do it themselves, or people who are going to geek out, or people in the trade, and all three of those I would say are people who care about the details, right? right so right. I think that you can kind of distill it down with that in mind. Like, is this? Can somebody look at this and be able to go from, you know, the the beginning to the end correctly, or at least from the beginning to the end of this project and understand why things need to be done the way that they're the way that they're done. Obviously, every single pool is different. So <laughs> you can't
can't really give a step-by-step plan, but hopefully by the end of whatever they've looked at, they're able to take away those key concepts that they need to understand to do a really good job. Right. And so is there, I don't know, any rules that you follow, like uh, beginning, middle, end? Do you have any tips for kind of formatting that stuff? Oh, I know man. it's different for... I know it's hard. It's sort of like, sort of like, how do you plumb a pool? Well, every single one is different. It's the same thing with, same thing a little bit with writing, right? Um, Every story. Let's say an article. For an Mm -hmm. article, like, um, I mean, what's your process? You're collecting assets, and do you kind of need that first to be able to kind of look at it and kind of, you know, be able to write about what you're looking at, or vice versa? I mean, so the first thing, I mean, it really obviously starts with with the idea. And so a lot of where you'll start with the article kind of depends on where did this idea come from, right? Um, Sometimes it's coming from somebody in the industry who we can then use as a resource. Sometimes it's coming from things I've seen people talking about on social media. Um, Sometimes it's from conversations I overheard at trade shows. (laughs) So are you making note of that when that happens? Oh, because, you know, we all do it. We hear something or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like one of my favorite uh, websites is Swipe File. Do you ever go to Swipe File? So it's pretty much like a collection of like the best ads. I mean, since like the 20s Um, and they're just tons of stuff. But I see stuff and I don't screenshot it or I don't save it or I hear somebody saying something, even if it's, you know, uh, maybe it's at SCP, in line SCP or mm-hmm. a Facebook group or something like that. And if you're not, you know, documenting that, it's it's kind of done right there. Right. I I try to make note of things as as they happen. I'm not as good as I, as I wish I was. Um we have a Monday board that's just ideas and it's kind of just notes, right? Of things we've heard. Um, usually when I get back from, if I'm at a trade show or from out of town, usually when I get back, I spend a day going through whatever actual notes I took, looking at the business cards that I have um, and just kind of writing down everything that I can remember about all of those people, whether it's story ideas or cool products they had or, you know, if they're interested in advertising. <laughs> of course, we got to remember those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, that's kind of where it starts, right, is where did that idea come from? And then you kind of have to, um, it's sort of like the scientific method in a way where you have to, like, validate your concept, right? Like, is this a real story? Is this a real thing? Um, and sometimes that's what the story building process is, is, you know, telling a writer all right, this is what we've heard is happening. Go find out if it's true and write a story about it. <laughs> so say, I mean, most including myself, like I didn't go to college and you know, I barely made it through high school and I'm pretty much self-taught in most things that I do. Not, you know, as savvy with the English language. I mean, to be, I think you can get away with a lot more on social mm-hmm. media than you can... Yes. Uh, say on a email blast or something on your website, because Mm -hmm. that'll just uh, kind of ding you um, by Google. But do you have any, I don't know, like tips or software or anything that, you know, say you write something, you know, you're kind of giving it your, Mm -hmm. your best and you need something to kind of, you know, check. Yeah. So, um, so I have a few things that I would, I would recommend. Um, So number one, so this is my favorite book on 
writing in general. So if you want to read about writing, <laughs> highly recommend um, On Writing Well. I'm holding the 30th anniversary edition, <laughs> which is probably from like 2006. <laughs> so this book has been around for a long time, um, but it's it's very good and it's very well written, right? Which makes it an easy read for a book that's about writing, which, you know, for a lot of people could sound pretty dull. Um, and it's very much, there are some really great books about um, getting to know your audience, about telling stories and about capturing all that kind of stuff. But if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of how do I write well, I mean, this book is really, really excellent. So that is, um, if you I just really put wanna, it in my shopping cart. We're good to go. <laughs> if you, if you really want to go there, I would definitely recommend that. But look, like that's not going to be for everybody, obviously. And there are definitely some tools that you can use. Um, the number one thing I would recommend for people who, to do is to, and we do this too, um, is to download the Grammarly um, extension for your browser. And that's amazing because then pretty much anytime you are typing anything into a web browser, so whether that is... Um, an email, whether that is on your website, whether that is um, social media post, or what was the other, or, you know, anything that you're typing into a browser, it will check your grammar. Um, and it is, it is very accurate. Um, it's excellent. It's, um, you can really take it far, like you can set it up so that you have sort of of the same tone of voice across your whole team if you sign up for an account, which is a pretty cool function. Um, it's kind of been interesting lately I've because we use it, and there have been a few times where I'll pull up a social media post that we're editing, and it's like, your tone has changed slightly with this. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, does so it keep you from sending stupid emails? Like, do you, um, do you no, really want to send this? Definitely not. <laughs> so... <laughs> But it will make sure that you sound intelligent when you send that email at three o'clock in the morning and that you shouldn't be sending. Um, nice. Yeah. No, it's it's a really, really great tool. Um, I definitely recommend it. I would say that the other thing. Um, so I think the big thing, too, especially when you're writing for like your own website more than anything else, is you just want to be consistent Um and so that just means that you need to decide on a style and stick with it, right? So it's like, are we going to use serial commas or not? Like, just decide. There's no, like, right or wrong. No one's going to look at it and be like, well, they didn't, you know, capitalize. Just be consistent. That's really the only thing that matters. Um, so if you're going to misspell something, be consistent. <laughs> no, <laughs> just don't kidding. Don't do things. that. Don't, yeah, don't misspell things. But you'll have Grammarly and that will catch your misspellings too, which is very great. <laughs> so what would you what would you consider like a style of writing in a way that um, what's on your website could mirror what you do on social? Yeah, well. Like maybe there's a big brand that you know of that does a really good job at that. Um, there are lots of brands that are, that are good at this. Um, I think I'm going to have to default to journalism again because, um, so the Associated Press has a style guide. Um, and so like if you're working with somebody in magazines or newspapers, they're going to talk about AP style. Um, What's that? and that is actually, 
that is actually the other resource I was going to suggest is um, you can get an AP style handbook. And that's a really easy way to answer those questions of like, should I capitalize this? Do I need a comma here? Should I put a dash here? Um, you know, I think that. So for, what is it? Where is that? That's another book that you can buy? Because I like that. It's a book you can buy, but also you can get an online um, subscription, which is what I do. And honestly, I probably look at it at least once a day and ask it a question because. And you said that's an APC? AP style, Associated AP. Press style. Okay. So, yeah, it's again. I am not one of those people who like lives and dies by hard and fast grammar rules. Um, again, like I think if you are clear and people can understand what you're trying to say, that is the most important thing. Um, more important than do you have all your commas in the right places and all of that kind of stuff is really like, is it clear? Is it consistent? Is it concise? Those are really the most important things. So these tools are really helpful if you want to be. Um, or if your company needs to be, you know, that precise, these are these are great things that you can do to get there. But I think that for for most of the people that listen to this podcast, really, all of those grammar rules and stuff that it doesn't really matter. Like what really matters is, is it for your audience? Is it clear? Is it concise? You know, can they understand what you're trying to say? And that's that's half the battle and harder than it sounds. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any, I don't know, uh, tips for writing on social media? Like I think you were saying earlier, like kind of keep it short and sweet. Yeah. It's again, I don't think that that's something that I in particular am very good at, which is why we've hired people who are better at it than I am. <laughs> You're the fact checker. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like my brain does not work in the social media ways. Um, <laughs> but so I do this is think good that... because having like a team that can help out with that, because what I yes. would like to do is, you know, have a title for what I want to do first and then go get that photo. Mm -hmm. The The hard part sometimes, especially if it's not something that I'm um, super educated in is, you know, being technical there. But at the same time, it's, uh, I'd rather talk about like the feeling of being there. Um, because it's like, you know what you're looking at, you know, that's always the thing. When I see somebody like describing what they're seeing in a picture, I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I know I'm fucking, I'm looking right at it. I'm, lo I'm looking at a sky. I'm looking oh, yeah. at this, but it's like, I kind of want to see like, it was, uh, a gloomy day. And while I was doing this drone shot, a dog mm -hmm. bit me in the ass, but I kept my cool. I didn't let it get me down. I just did this. Um, I had some Pringles. Yeah. I just, uh, more, yeah, more you, real. You want to, you want to set the scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if you were, that's something that a photo can't do. And I think that's probably mm -hmm. why video, um, is so getting so popular is because you can really kind of uh, set the tone of what it's like to be right. in uh, the situation. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I had I had that conversation with someone this week um, because I was talking to her about, OK, well, writing photo captions, that's going to be your job sometime. And I said, you know, the one thing that I, I hate in photo captions is when you're basically just saying what the picture is like 
we can see are like these people aren't dumb. They can see that it's, you know, Chris is loading a bucket of chemicals to the back of his truck. It's like, yeah, I, I get that. You know, so it's like um, I told her the best captions are something that brings something new to that. Right. Is, you know, can either are pulling something out of the story that adds some color to what we're looking at. Or sometimes you can even go back to. um yeah, like you were saying, like things people wouldn't know from reading the story. You know, maybe in your interview, he talked about um, he wears a back brace because of this or, you know, who knows what it could be, right? Like there's all kinds of things that you can add that are so much better than just this is Chris so-and-so. He's 30 and he is putting chemicals in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, uh, say for that instance, it's about, you know, being a technician is one of the most difficult jobs. You're often required to lift things that are X amount of weight. And mm -hmm. we have this type of hazmat insurance or, you know what I mean? There's like so many other like backend things that you're not going to see in that photo that yep. you can talk about. Yeah, exactly. It makes it more fun for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So do you have any other more, any other like books, websites or anything else that you'd like to share? Cause I geek out on that. Like I subscribe I to Medium just for that. When people say these are the top, you know, <laughs> 10 things that you need, which it's it's a double edged sword because I know. Yeah, those would really be my would be my top three. Um, there are there are so many books out there. Honestly, I think um, and what I try to do is is just read a lot of stuff. And I think that more than anything can give you a sense of what's good and what's bad and what you can what you can emulate like I'm pretty suspicious of writers who tell who say they don't read it's like that's not a good sign because you're not getting better if you're not reading other people's stuff if you're not looking at other magazines if you're not you know reading fiction and nonfiction and trying to get a wider variety of styles um in your in your brain i think it's the same a little bit with social media um that's probably not the genre that i enjoy which is probably why i'm not very good at it so i don't spend as much time studying it as i should maybe the other things that are of more interest to me personally um but i think that too it's like you know you ask like what brands are do a good job of that i think you know you find the ones that you really connect with and don't just read them in a passive way, but really study what they're doing because there's a method to their madness. Yeah, that's great. And I think, you know, something that I love that you said at the beginning was, you know, who are you writing this for? Uh, it doesn't really matter what platform it is. If you have a good understanding of who's going to be reading what you're writing, um, that should really help, you know, dictate what you're going to write. Um, so I think that's that's huge. Yeah, it was kind of funny because for the longest time before I bought the magazines, I had a really, really hard time writing Pool Pro um, because I could not figure out who our audience was. It's like, is it builders? Is it service companies? Is it, you know, it felt like we were trying to kind of be all things to all people. And as we all know, you know, the pool industry is huge <laughs> and covers so many different things. And so um, when I bought the magazines, I said, you know, we are going to pick someone that we're going to have a person that we are writing to. And, you know, and we chose the service companies and it has made it so much easier. So now whatever story we're talking about or whatever story we're writing, 
I can look at that and say, what does your average, you know, service technician get out of this? And that changes that changes a lot about how you how you write it and how you frame it and what it becomes important in that piece. And so, um, and it took us it took us a lot it took us a while to get there. Yeah, I've heard people talk about you know building an avatar of your maybe it's your ideal you know mm-hmm. customer and kind of you know going in depth with it what they look like, what their interests are, mm-hmm. and everything that you do is to, you know, make that person happy, I guess. Yeah. And no, it's 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 a really good exercise. Um, even if you don't I mean, you're not gonna stick with it a hundred percent or stick to it a hundred percent. But I think it's a good it's definitely a good exercise to think through those things in that kind of detail. Um because it also helps when you bring new people on your team for you to be able to describe that person to them and what they care about. Um, and honestly, like your website analytics can be really helpful in that, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like we can see that pool, 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 pool readers are mostly men, you know, in their thirties who read a lot about sports, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff is important to understand about why, what people care about and why, you know, how you need to reach them. So it's interesting. Yeah, and how do you feel about AI writing? Um, there is maybe a story in this issue that was written by, uh, and it was written by AI. Um, I uh, found myself with one too many things on my plate, and so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a try. <laughs> so we'll see if you guys can guess which one it is. I'm gonna um, actually try to try to see if I can yeah. figure it out. Well, and so, and honestly, like, I I cannot imagine a world in which um, you could actually have something spit back out to you that's actually printable. Um, this definitely was not and still needed a lot of work, but it kind of got the bare bones that I needed to get it done. And that's what I really needed in that moment was, like, I can't even start this. I am so tired. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it I just needed to be finished. It helps get the ball rolling. It really, it really does. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of, it's not, I mean, I'm not going to start assigning uh, articles to chat GPT, but <laughs> um, I, I, it could be a useful tool if you use it, if you use it correctly. I mean, it definitely like at one point gave me a quote from someone that we didn't talk to. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that's interesting because I, I think what I, I've used it a handful of times. I've not published anything using it, mm-hmm. but I like that um, it can keep you from uh, copyright infringement. You know what I mean? If you know you're yeah. pulling inspiration from different places, and there's just so much uh, copy out there, like in the digital world, that man, yeah. you could very well write something, and it could be word for word what somebody yeah. said. But that thing, uh, the most popular ones, I don't know them off the top of my head, but um, they do, you know, uh, spit out original copy mm-hmm. that hasn't been said before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think it will ever take the place of, of human brains. Um, I, you know, I don't see that. I don't see that happening, but, but yeah, it can be, it can be helpful when you've got some writer's block going on. It was better than drinking a bottle of wine, which is usually how I get rid of writer's block. So <laughs> much, much healthier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, I felt better in the morning. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate your time as usual. 
Um, where can people find you and where can people pick up the latest magazine? Yeah, so you can request a subscription, a free subscription on poolpromag.com. You can also pick PoolPro up for free at SCP and Superior Pool Products locations. I actually went to a Superior location up here in Oklahoma City and saw PoolPro like in the wild. It was very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, So yeah, and of course we're we're across all the socials. um, So you can find us, you can find us there as well at Pool Pro Mag. Very good. Thank you again, Megan. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below or poolchasers2.0.com. This episode was produced by the amazing Kyle Ald. I'm Greg Viafania, and you've been listening to the Pool Chasers podcast.